All right, friends, welcome to the show this month. We've got a jam-packed show for you. I'm going to come out of the gate with ideas and thoughts on what we need to be doing as we roll towards 2021, doing more with less. I've got a special guest, Rick Schumacher, stopped by the studio, and we're going to be talking about how you could potentially launch ad studies with this company, Baxter Research, and make some big money in 2021. You'd like to make some money? All right, me too. Then we've got Charity Hoff talking digital ad sales strategies. We've got our two websites to watch, to take a look at with David Walsh, and then we'll wrap up our show with my friend and your friend, Mike Obert from OpenLook, and we're going to be answering your listener questions. How about that? A jam-packed 30 minutes or less straight ahead here on the Ad Sales Nation podcast. Stick around, stay close. Here we go. From the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, thanks once again for joining us here on another podcast for the week, the month, the year that we know as 2020. <laughs> Jeez, it's like almost hard to be enthusiastic about it, you know, it's like, wow, what a crazy, absolutely crazy year it has been all across the country. So you might hear a little tickle in my throat, maybe a little cough today. I don't know why. Well, your good buddy Ryan Dorn caught COVID. I did uh, earlier this month. I uh, was celebrating 25 years uh, of marriage with my lovely wife, Andre. And we took a trip down to Dalfusky Island, just off the coast of South Carolina. Cool trip. And uh, halfway through the trip, I just started getting chills and didn't feel good. And I said, oh, baby, I wonder if I caught COVID. She's like, no, I'll stay positive. You'll be okay. Drink lots of fluid. Of course, when I'm on vaca- vacation, fluids uh, don't come in the form of water normally. <laughs> So drank plenty of water, uh, took a bunch of zinc pills and things like that, came back home and fortunately uh, tested positive uh, for for COVID. So, hey, I guess I'm good for the next eight months. Right. So uh, invite me to your office. You know, I'm COVID free, at least for the next eight months. Or I've got the antibodies, so to speak. All right. So 2020 is uh, going to be behind us here in just a couple of weeks. So what are we going to do to really go into 2021 with a fervor? And what are we going to do to really try to do more with less? Because we're all being tasked to do that. So I'd like to share with you several ideas as we look towards success in 2021, doing more with less, goal setting, time management, and so many things. Now, I guess at the very beginning, when you really kind of talk through this, you're like, ah, you know, goals, blah, 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 time management, blah, blah, blah. They're just kind of boring subjects, right? But when it really comes down to it, there's some fundamental things that we need to do, sales, marketing, et cetera, to really be exceedingly successful. How about this stat? Did you know that 76% of people, like you and me, fail on their January 1st resolutions by the 28th? So it's New Year's Eve. We're having a good time. We're like, oh, here's the goals for 2021. 76% of you are going to fail on your New Year's resolutions by the 28th. You're not going to be able to keep going even for 28 days. Why is that? I think the first idea to share with you is that most people, before they set goals, they really need to set keystone habits first. You need to set keystone habits first. What are those? Those are more important than the big goals you might set for 2021. What is a keystone? If you look at an arch in a doorway, especially like in an old castle or something like that, there's a stone right in the center that kind of looks like a wedge. Without that stone, that's called the key stone, without that stone, the arch would fall. 
the strength of that arch comes from the key stone right in the center. It's a foundational piece of an arch that's going to last for hundreds, if not thousands of years. What are keystone habits for you and me? Simple things, I would think, like getting plenty of sleep, drinking plenty of water, reducing your stress by getting out and exercising and things like that. Now, there's fundamental habits like making sure you call enough people in the sales pipeline, right? But then there's keystone habits that have to be accomplished before you even get to those. Is weight loss a keystone habit? The answer is probably not. A keystone habit would be when you're at the store, <laughs> don't shop from the middle section of the store, only shop from the outside aisles of the store. Keystone habits, fundamental. What are they for you, for me? Well, I think the biggest one for me is sleep. I'll be honest with you, is sleep. And that is making sure you're getting eight to 10 hours of sleep. It's, it's tough because I'd love to binge watch Netflix and things like that after a long day of work. All right. So think about your keystone habits. Those are different than your big goals. Idea number two for you. As you're setting goals, identify the why in the goal. Okay. As you're setting goals, identify the why in the goal. Why are you doing it? So what you're going to do, pretty easy. How you're going to do it, eh, we'll talk about that because that's a lot about mini goals to get to bigger goals. But the why is fundamentally important to your success in goal setting in 2021. Why are you doing this? To lose weight. No, no, no. Why are you trying to lose weight? To be healthier. But but why? To live longer. But really, why? So that you don't die, okay? And you can actually enjoy the fruits of your labors. So idea number two is make sure you're always identifying the why in every goal that you set, not just the what, not just the how, but also the why in every goal that you set. Now, I mentioned idea number one, keystone habits. You've got to get those figured out. All right. That's foundational. Now, let's talk about mini goals. See, a lot of times the reason you fail on a big goal is because the mini goals have not been set or achieved. So there's typically three mini goals below each main goal. And when you actually achieve, exceed, meet, or whatever, your mini goals, that allows you to get to your big goal. Remember, our overall goal is not to be a statistic. <laughs> we don't want to be that person on the 28th of January that's already failed. So mini goals are the small goals to get to the bigger goal. All right, so let's say the big goal is that you want to exceed your sales numbers in 2021, right? Cool. What are the mini goals to get there? All right. So the mini goals might be I've got to have an active pipeline that I'm working every three days. OK, but that could start with even another mini goal. And that is really learning how to work your CRM effectively. Another mini goal in trying to get to the bigger goal could be that I'm going to learn my sales math. What are my call to close ratios and improve those? So mini goals set those to get to bigger goals identify your why in the goals that you're doing, you're setting, and then also way off, okay, but still important are your keystone habits. What are the keystone habits that you need to set in place? And make sure you've really fundamentally understand those. Now, once you've set your mini goals, you identified the why in your bigger goal, you've got your keystone habits set in place, then the fourth thing is in 2021, you've got to become a time management master because we're all being tasked with doing more with less. So being a time management master comes down, in my opinion, to time blocking. It really is the biggest thing. You got to learn to time block. So as a part of your mini goals, your mini goals might be, I need to call 25 people each and every day. Time block it. Put it on your calendar. Make it repeat each day. 
Time blocking is fundamentally one of the greatest things that I've ever done that's been impactful on my sales life, my marketing life, my personal life, etc. Friends, in 2021, one of your big goals, and it's easy to identify the why. The why is I want to get more done, okay? Time blocking, fundamentally important, and that's really idea number four. Now, what a lot of people don't do is idea number five, and that is planning to adjust your plan. Planning to fail. <laughs> planning to adjust your plan is part and parcel to your success because a lot of times we fail at goals because the train comes up the tracks as we're trying to get to the goal and we don't know what to do. Plan to adjust your plan. Just plan to fail. What? Okay. Now you hear gurus. Okay. Be careful about gurus because anybody that says they're a guru probably is not. But they'll always say, oh, you've got to always visualize winning. Visualize reaching your goals. Okay. Here's what I want people to think about. Plan to fail. So that you have a plan when the train comes off the tracks to get on the tracks again really, really fast. Planning to adjust your plan is about understanding that the vast majority of people are going to fail on their way to getting to the big goal. So because of that, you want to plan to adjust your plan. Plan to fail so that when your train comes off the tracks, you can get it back on the tracks really, really fast. Plan to adjust your plan. This is how I would say it. When this goes wrong, when this mini goal train comes off the tracks... How do I see that it's coming off the tracks? How do I get it back on the tracks? A lot of it is just really kind of, quite honestly, paying attention. All right, idea number six for you. A lot of times you just need an accountability buddy. That's what you need. When do you lose the most weight? When you have a buddy. When do you gain the most muscle mass? On your own or with a trainer? Usually with a trainer. You probably need some type of accountability buddy. Now, if you don't have one, you can use your calendar, your phone, an app, to constantly remind you, but an accountability buddy is really important in your sales life, in your marketing life, in your business life, finding an accountability buddy. Now, you might have to pay for that buddy. Maybe you pay for a coach. That's okay. I have a coach, and I think I'm pretty good at what I do, and I have a coach, and that coach is always asking me, how you doing on this? How you doing on that? How you doing on this? How you doing on that one over there? Finding an accountability buddy or, or using your calendar or an app to help you. Very, very important. All right, number seven especially in the sales business. If you're going to achieve your sales goals, you've got to know your deal count. You've got to know your call to close ratios. It's so difficult to go into a month of selling if you don't know how many calls do you need to make to get a meeting? And then how many meetings do you need to have to close a deal? How many deals do you need to get to goal? Friends, part and parcel to your success in the sales business, you've got to know your numbers, what it takes for you to get to a certain place in time to close a deal. Like, let me give you an example. I know that basically if I call 10 people, out of the 10 people, if I work them every three days, out of 10 people, I'm going to get a couple of meetings. Out of those couple of meetings that I'm going to get, you know, about half of them or so, I'm going to get a proposal in front of that person and maybe about 30% of the time I'm going to close. So when I do get to 10 meetings, I close about three in 10. And I think that's very, very successful. Now, people, a guy the other day was like, you know, Ryan, uh, I close 80% of meetings I go on, so I need help closing those last 20%. And I'm like, dude, you need to write a book because nobody closes 80%. And if you are closing 80%, are you discounting? I mean, what are you doing um, to get that done? I'd really like to know. Know your deal count. I, I truly believe if you're closing 30 40%, you're, you're doing well out there in COVID land. And I think it's very, very important for you to know your deal count. Okay, idea number eight for you. Recognize randomness when it occurs and get rid of it. 
Idea number eight, recognize randomness when it occurs and get rid of it. Randomness kills your day. Randomness kills your goals. Randomness will kill your love life. Randomness will kill your personal life. Randomness does not help you win. It just doesn't. So how do you recognize it and how do you get rid of it? First, it's very simple. Look for things that work and repeat them. And then look for things that don't work and don't repeat them. I know it sounds so simple, but people just don't pay attention. Recognize things that work and repeat those things. Recognize things that are not working and stop doing them. It's amazing to me the number of people that do the wrong thing in the sales business, marketing business, in business in general, and they just keep doing it. And they, I think they think to themselves, if I just work harder, it's going to work out. And I know where this comes from. It comes from you having a great parent or aunt or grandmother, whoever raised you, saying, if you work hard enough at anything, you can achieve anything. Well, I mean, there's some truth in that, and I'm not trying to diminish what your parents or grandma said to you, but recognize, friends, when things aren't working, stop doing the things that don't work. When things are working, repeat the things that do work. Pay attention to it because when you approach life from a random perspective, well, I guess that worked and well, I guess I'll go here and I guess I'll do that or I guess I'll do this. Randomness does not help you be exceedingly successful. It just doesn't. All right. Idea number nine, you might need to set some rewards for yourself. Maybe it's like I'm going to do this and if I do that and this is the end result, I get a spa day for myself. If I do this or this, I'm going to buy myself an expensive bottle of, of bourbon or, you know, whatever it is. Set rewards for yourself. Now, I'm one of those people, I, I don't necessarily need rewards. I don't really care about that kind of thing. It doesn't necessarily matter to me if I'm going to get a reward. Um, but I do know that the nicer I am to my spouse, uh, typically the nicer she is back to me. <laughs> you know, setting rewards for yourself can always work out in love and life and you know, in business, setting rewards. If you don't need it, it's okay, but you might need to set little rewards for yourself. All the married folks are laughing right now. All right. Idea number 10, and that is work your plan. What's the plan? You got, what's the plan? Work it. And then I, I would encourage you to have a little whiteboard in your office, write down your goals, write down the mini goals, track yourself. You got to work your plan. If you're not working your plan, nobody else is going to work it for you. Remember, though, friends, it first starts out with setting those keystone habits first. Those are different than many goals. Those are foundational things to your life that are so important. Number two, identify the why in your goal. Why are you setting this goal? Why is it important to you, to your family, to your business? Setting mini goals. You got to set at least three mini goals to get to the bigger goal. And if you don't do it, you're just not going to see the success in 2021 that you want to see. Number four, becoming a time management master. Make it a goal in 2021. You're going to become a time management master and then start time blocking your day based upon the important things that you need to do every day. In sales, every day, we need to prospect, retain, and propose, right? So block out time for it. Number five, you're going to fail. So plan to adjust your plan. Plan to, for the train to come off the tracks. Recognize when it does, and then have a plan in place to get it back on the tracks quickly. Number six, maybe you need an accountability buddy. Okay, if you don't need one, maybe just your calendar is enough, but you're always going to be more successful with a buddy. Number seven, you got to know your deal count, guys. You got to know how much it takes for you to get to a meeting, how much it takes for you to close deals. Work that sales math to your advantage. 
Number eight, recognize randomness and get rid of it in your life. Be deliberate. Get rid of that randomness. Number nine, set rewards for yourself <laughs> if you need it. If you need those rewards, set them for yourself. And then number 10, friends, you got to work your plan. Let me end with this before we get on to the rest of the show. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I'm a pretty average dude that likes to teach people, train people, motivate and inspire people. I'll tell you this, friends. This is my roadmap for success. It's not the proposal templates. It's not the email templates. It's recognizing why I'm doing things, how I'm doing things, setting those goals for myself. And here's the thing, friends. You can do it, too. Remember, if sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy <laughs> or we found a career that'll feed our families for a lifetime. All right, Rick Schumacher from Baxter Research Center is gonna be up next. Then we've got Charity Huff talking digital sales strategy. Then we've got David Walsh with websites to watch. And then your listener questions with Mike Obert from Open Look. We'll be back straight ahead. I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if I didn't have some sponsors. So stick around for 30 seconds, help me pay some bills. And we'll be right back with the Ad Sales Nation podcast coming up next. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by the strategy and design team at Web Publisher Pro. When it's time for your media company to have a top-notch website that is designed for optimal revenue potential, turn to David and the creative team at Web Publisher Pro. Learn more online at webpublisherpro.com. Thank you to the team over at Open Look Business Solutions. Outsource sales tasks, data cleanup, telemarketing, design tasks, or hire a virtual assistant. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Thank you to the fine folks at January Spring. If you are looking to grow revenue by offering white-label digital services like SEO, social media, or programmatic ads, reach out to Charity over at JanuarySpring.com. Charity loves to strategize about growing revenue. You sell it and January Spring fulfills it. Learn more online at JanuarySpring.com. Okay, now back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends, as promised, I've got a special guest today. And this is Rick Schumacher, who is the owner and publisher of LBM Journal. And one of the coolest things, uh, Rick, as we talked through this, and the reason I wanted to have him on the show is because you were using Baxter Research to do ad studies, which are studies that prove the effectiveness of ads for your advertisers, magazines, newspapers, etc. And you're using Baxter and you got wind that Baxter was going to close down. You reached out to the owner and said, hey, don't close down. I love this product so much. I'll buy it. So you actually bought uh, Baxter Research. So I know a lot of folks that are listening, they maybe never have done an ad study. They don't know what it is. So why are these ad studies? Why are they so important? You know, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, Ryan. Um, yeah. Ad studies are important because they give... A lot of times when advertisers buy print especially, it's really hard to know how effective their ad is. So these studies act as analytics for their print ads. And for us, we're when we started doing these back in 2005, we were looking for something that would set us apart from the competition. And, and with the Baxter studies that we use, they're not available to any of our competitors. So it's something that we use to create separation from our from our competitions. How, how do you feel over the course of time? 2005, I didn't know that, Rick. That's cool. How How is this, uh, being able to offer this research to your advertisers? I love proof of ROI. It's awesome. How has this research really kind of helped you and your team close more deals? As, as our market switched to more digital, 
there's been a lot of our companies, they like print, but it's hard for them to justify buying print because they don't know how effective it is and they don't have any analytics. So that's where these studies have come in. They show them exactly how effective they are. And one thing too they've done is the um, the studies show, they track how our readers like to get their information, if they like it print, digital, or both. And print may be dead in some markets, but since our reader demographics skew older, it's been really helpful for us to show media buyers that our readers actually still prefer print. That's awesome. That's awesome. So for those folks that are listening that haven't had an opportunity to do an ad study or those type of things, I mean, kind of what's your what's your thoughts? What's the best way for them to get started and and kind of make it a part of their, you know, their yearly 2021 ad strategy? Well, first of all, I'd say um, do your homework, find the right ad study partner. There are some really good companies out there that have been around for quite a while. But as a uh, as a longtime client of Baxter Research Center and now the owner, probably not a huge shocker, but I believe MediaView Pro Studies are the way to go. Uh, once you choose your partner, it's critical to get buy-in from everyone on your team, from the publisher all the way down to the salespeople. And before signing on the dotted line, definitely talk with some of their clients to learn how effective they found the studies to be, and maybe ask to talk to with one of their salespeople about how they use the studies. Because these ad studies can be a really powerful sales tool, but you can have a, a great tool, and if it just sits in your toolbox and you don't use it, it's a waste yeah. of money. So ad studies should not should not cost you money. They should make you money. So over the past two years, our ad study issues have averaged more than 50% more revenue than our non-ad study issues. And that's worked out to well over $200,000 of bonus revenue every year from an investment of just over $12,000. That's incredible, Rick. I mean, it's great. Wow. So I couldn't afford to let these studies no. go away. That's why I bought the company. <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, as we look, you know, um, you know, this is for December. We look towards 2021. I think all of us are going, hey, what are we going to do? in 2021 to grow business and keep these, you know, advertisers excited about, uh, you know, what they're doing. And, and that's why one of the reasons I, I reached out and thought, man, I've got to uh, get Rick, you know, on the, on the podcast, we did a webinar together and the response to the webinar uh, that we did through niche was so overwhelming that I was like, man, we got to get Rick on the, on the show to talk about it. Um, so Rick, what's the, what's the best way if someone wants to learn more about this? Cause this is an affordable uh, uh, option friends. If you don't make six, eight, 10 times your money back, I'd be very, very surprised. Um, so Rick, what's the best way for people to uh, get a hold of you? The best way to reach me is just drop me an email at Rick, R-I-C-K at brc.com. And if they'd like, I'd be happy to send a copy of one of our uh, media views pro studies. Be happy to get on the phone and talk, um, publisher to publisher, you know, talk about our experience. I just, yeah, I'm excited to be able to help other publishers grow their business. Yeah. I'm excited to, anytime we can figure out ways, new ways to make money. Um, and I've got clients, um, that use, uh, research. And clients would also use Baxter and they're making money in the process. And as a salesperson myself, hey, sales warriors out there, um, um, this really, really helps because now all of a sudden, and now, now the big question is, once we get the results back, can the advertisers handle the truth? <laughs> that really exactly. that's the big thing. So, all right, Rick, well, uh, Merry Christmas to you, Rick. And um, thanks for jumping uh, real quick on the podcast here and uh, sharing about your new acquisition of Baxter Research Center. Um, I sure appreciate you uh, giving us a couple minutes of your busy schedule. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you. Friends, Rick is a real good fella. Rick at brc.com. Loves to strategize. Hey, let's look for ways to grow our business in 2021, right? All right, friends and fans. Charity Huff from January Spring is dialed in from Denver. And I was talking to Mike Obert as well. It's getting uh, getting chilly all across the country. You got any snow in Denver yet? 
Oh yeah, and the ski resorts are open. Yeah, cool. That's great. So yeah, it's. Um, I think it's one of those activities that is uh, COVID-free out there on the side right. of the slope, right? That's so, right. That's Bluebird great. skies. It's perfect. Now oh, that's awesome. Cool. Hey, let's talk um, digital uh, sales strategy. Uh, most of the clients that I have in the ad sales space are um, neck deep, knee deep, whatever you want to say in in programmatic. So I wondered if we could talk about maybe three or four things as we push towards 2021, maybe three or four things that you think are like fundamentally, hey guys, you've really got to be doing this. What's kind of top of your list of two or three things, Charity? Yeah, I'm so glad that we're talking about 2021 finally. I know, Hooray. Right? <laughs> you know, uh, we have been coaching our publishers around reaching consumers where they are. And I feel a bit like uh, a broken wheel here, just saying it over and over again, but people continue to be on their devices in their home for pushing seven hours a day right now. Wow. So we should be reaching folks at the address level, meaning in their home. And we have the ability to pick and choose which addresses based off of who's in that house, based off of their demographics, their household income, whether they have a dog, whether they own a boat, whatever that might be. And that's the way that we need to help our local businesses get back on their feet is by reaching just the right homes for their message. You know, the ROI piece, every local advertiser wants massive, massive ROI, right the blank now. And right. so this address level uh, targeting is so unbelievably important. I think one of the things, Charity, maybe you could talk about it real quickly is people feel like um, we can't isolate per device, per person in the in the home. How does it kind of break it out in the background? How does it kind of know? Uh, is it based upon habits or what people do or... Yeah. And a lot of it is the cross device targeting. So it's, it's crazy, right? But, um, if you're using the same login for Google on your laptop, as you are on your mobile, as you are on your tablet, then we just naturally know, oh, it's the same person, same thing with Facebook, same thing with Hulu. So there's ways for us to cross over and figure out this is the same person and the habits that he was doing on his tablet, I know he's going to be doing on his phone. And so we're able to pick all of that up. And we're also able to figure out like, hey, I don't need to reach the 12-year-old because she's not my target. The dad is or the mom is. Yeah, it makes sense. I was um, actually proving this point to my son. I said, watch what I can do on my computer and then let's watch and see what happens um, right. on TV. So we did kind of a weird search for me because I'm not a Corvette guy, but I'd search for red Corvette. I did it on my phone. I did it on my on my desktop. And then within, I would say, oh, I don't know, within the next couple of weeks, as we were watching uh, this SEC network, as I was watching ESPN mm -hmm. Sports Center, um, guess what I started seeing um, was sports car advertising, which I'd go. never seen before. I'd always seen like kind of SUV and that kind of stuff. And then I started seeing it, you know, when I'm looking at the apps on my phone. So what do we call it? Do we call it like cross pollinating pollination marketing? <laughs> what do we call it? <laughs> yeah. The technical term is cross device targeting okay. that you can put together a profile of all the devices that belong to a particular human. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. Yeah. So people in their home address level, yep. let's be thinking about that. Be thinking totally. about cross platform uh, marketing. And I'm wondering about um, your thoughts. My thought would be kind of a third thing would be just in terms of, you know, converting sales. Like you run ads, you want to convert the sales. But mm -hmm. during COVID, a lot of people aren't going to the stores. It's kind of hard to track them. So is that one of your top three, do you think? 
And indeed, because again, back to your point around business owners are looking for immediate ROI and they want to know that their investment is working. So foot traffic attribution, we call them conversions, has always been like the cherry on top. And it's still really important, but as each municipality is doing their own thing for COVID, we also need to make sure that we're looking at view through, meaning I served you an ad and then later you went to the website independent of clicking on the ad or not so that you can then say we know that we're reaching the right audience and another thing is that we're hearing a lot from publishers around having to get smart for e-commerce and so i would encourage you to beef up your google analytics know-how because being able to set a it's called a utm code but mm -hmm. being able to set that in as the click-through url so that it automatically feeds into the advertisers google analytics so you get credit for the work that you're doing for them makes sense it's it's just making our job a little bit more complicated unfortunately yeah so don't forget about their friends google it utm code or utm tracking and yep. then also, we do need to get better at Google Analytics in 2021. Mm -hmm. All reps, whether you're radio, TV, magazine, newspaper, get better at it because traditional media is a big driver of direct traffic. Heck yeah. So when you look at that direct traffic attribution in Google Analytics, it is super uncommon for advertisers to realize direct traffic is someone typing in the URL directly. And typically they do that after seeing it or hearing it because if somebody Googles it friends, it's not going to show up as direct traffic. So people just need to get better at Google analytics in general. Hey, what do you think charity? Is there like, I don't know, YouTube videos about Google analytics or how do our reps get better at understanding Google analytics? You know, there is, there's some really good, um, free content out there. And how about this? I have a couple of Google Analytics gurus on my team. I will have them write up a primer and put it on our blog post for you guys. That's awesome. I think it'd be a great goal, um, Charity, that you're bringing up here. A great goal. All ad reps, no matter your business, you should set a goal to get better at understanding Google Analytics in, uh, in, in 2021. Big time goal. So that'd be awesome if you do that, Charity. Uh, that's yeah. great. That's great. We totally will. Cool. All right. So my three, the three takeaways that I wrote down were one, Focus in more friends uh, on address level targeting with your programmatic. Number two was the uh, cross, I, now I'm going to say cross pollination, cross platform marketing, getting people from desktop to social, social programmatic, programmatic back, you know, et cetera. And then the third is just to really recognize that a lot of uh, folks were missing that conversion tracking because people weren't going to stores and be not forgetting about the conversion tracking over to e-commerce. Right. And that leads to the Google Analytics uh, piece uh, as well. So, Charity, it sounds like, you know, you're working with a lot of folks, and I imagine you're still enjoying getting on these calls and strategizing with people. Love it. Like, it's my it's my brain candy. It's my favorite thing to do. Ah, that's great. Excellent. All right, friends. So, from a digital sales chat, a strategy perspective, nobody better in the business. And I mean that, not Charity. The Charity from January Spring. So, January Spring. Uh, com. And uh, so, Charity, hope you guys, uh, you and your family have a very, very uh, Merry Christmas and look forward to great things in uh, 2021. Same to you, Ryan. Thank you. All right, friends and fans, based upon your feedback, once again, we've got uh, David Walsh back from Web Publisher Pro, and uh, we're dissecting and watching websites. Websites to watch is what we call uh, this segment. Hey, David, I pulled up, I sent these to you 
Um, I pulled up a dfwchild.com uh, and I chose that site because I know a lot of times uh, folks in the parenting media space, um, they're always looking for new ideas, but I thought this website just really looked top, top notch. And I know you've had some involvement uh, with Joy and her team at dfwchild.com. Uh, so folks, pull that up. And, and David, what are your thoughts? What are some things that they're doing great uh, on their consumer site? Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me. Yeah, Dallas Child or DFW Child, they have a couple great things going on as far as the way they represent their content. Um, they offer sponsored content kind of mixed in with the regular uh, editorial, more like a native content approach. Um, but a couple of things that I love that have been done recently are uh, they changed their email platform. So they moved from a MailChimp to an active campaign. Uh, they really uh, enhance their email call to actions and their subscribe modules and uh, i happen to know that it's working out really well for them gave them a lot more flexibility um, and one of the other changes that they made that i noticed from a developer perspective that um you know the average user might not notice off the bat was uh, they changed their url structures on their site um, so they made their urls and uh, permalinks they'd be called uh, mm -hmm. a lot more search engine friendly Nice. Um, since doing that, it's really boosted their search engine optimization. Uh, they're seeing great results on their page views, lower bounce rate, increased time on site. Um, their discoverability in Google is just going really well, and it's paying off for them. No, that's great. I, what I love from a sales perspective is I love big ad units. So I love the fact that they've got big ad units at the top that you don't have to scroll to to see. Um, I think that the advertisers really love knowing that when someone comes to the site, that ad is one of the first things. Now, I know that editorial folks, not necessarily at Lauren Publications here, but editorial folks that might be listening, you're like, oh, man, such a big ad. It pushes my content down. It's hard to sell to advertisers right now if they, have to, if they have to scroll very far to see ads. So um, I really appreciated that. Um, the B2B site that I wanted folks to take a look at is a great one. Um, from NBM Media, it's graphics-pro.com, graphics-pro.com. And I was going to share, and then I'd love to get your feedback. Um, I just love the template, and I love the way that the organizational structure, because I love a lot of imagery. What I love about this is they can load an image into WordPress or whatever, and then it's putting the headline and a little bit of, of deck or, or teaser text on the image itself so you don't have to go and create graphics that have the text on it the template is automatically driving it so david you can probably tell me more i mean is this a wordpress template have you seen this before yeah this is a wordpress template it follows um the newspaper uh style um you know magazine publishers don't love being compared to newspapers that's just the uh, <laughs> name of the theme but uh you know, it's really popular lately. Uh, we've actually been getting a lot of calls to set up sites like this using this theme. Um, and the reason being is it's relatively easy to set up. So you're lowering your cost of entry into, you know, converting or being running on a design like this. Gives you a lot of modules and flexibility. Um, but it also gives you a lot of great recommendations on where to place ads, um, where to put your ad units for maximum visibility. It gives you the option of doing your IAB standard sizes, or if you want to go with kind of large, um, uh, uh, atypical type mm -hmm. sizes, um, you know, that works as well. Um, so it's, you know, really popular. We're seeing it. I like how um, it has some nice hierarchy, like they have on Graphics Pro, these features with the image and the text, more of what you'd see yeah. in like a standard site. 
Um, as you go down the news section, it's just kind of like date, headline, and yeah. the deck, and it, they've taken out the images, which gives a nice kind of contrast. Um, and then, you know, they jump back and forth in these different modules. So it really has a lot of character, um, but a site like this is, uh, you know, relatively low barrier to entry. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, I like, um, you know, I've, I've been working with uh, Dave and the team out at MBM for quite some time, and I think they do a great job uh, online. So, um, folks, the websites to watch this month uh, from uh, David and I is uh, graphics-pro.com. It's a great B2B example. And then, of course, a big shout out to our friends at Lauren Publications uh, with dfwchild.com. Uh, uh, hey, great time of year for folks to uh, strategize uh, with you, David, over at uh, Web Publisher uh, Pro. Um, so I imagine, uh, do you have any ideas off the top of your head? I mean, you've, you've been working on about how many sites this year, do you think, off the top of your head? <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, uh, it's a lot. We were just in the process of trying to launch about 20 sites. We have oh, a couple geez. more that are launching in the next couple of weeks. A lot of people are kind of queuing up launches for the first week of January. Um, and then we're also working with a lot of publishers that are assessing their 2021 budget. Um, right. You know, there's it seems like there's more confidence and kind of uh, yeah. uh, spending um, and focusing on digital after the year we just had and uh, you know it's there's a lot of people making moves and looking to capitalize yeah. on digital and you know being uh, an early mover on that and planning ahead is a great strategy there you go makes sense all right friends that's David Walsh from webpublisherpro.com reach out to David and his team and set up a strategy call and David loves to strategize. So thanks so much, David, for uh, being on the show this year. I look forward to uh, big things in 2021. And thanks a lot. Uh, have a great holiday. Yeah. Thanks, David. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas uh, to you and your family as well. See you on the other side of the new year. All right, friends and fans, it is time for your listener questions. Thanks so much for sending those in. Um, as I mentioned, we've got uh, Jack from New York, Cindy from California and Travis across the pond. Uh, over in uh, the UK. And of course, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, fellow sales uh, warrior, uh, Mike Obert. And uh, Mike, I guess the temperatures are, are dropping all across the across the United States. You getting cold there in Texas yet? It is cold, Ryan. It's cold. Yes. Uh, sweatshirt weather. There you go. I like sweatshirt weather, though. It's kind of like that's football weather kind of thing, right? Too. Yeah. So I enjoy it. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, let's throw uh, let me throw you some uh, some questions here. And uh, Jack from New York is uh, asking this question. He says, I am so disorganized, it's not even funny. I've been able to hang in there during this crazy year. Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, but I'm incredibly disorganized and feel I could do even better. Uh, should I sh should I be able to get everything in better order? Any suggestions? Um, Mike, you mind if I take this first one? Uh, first first yeah, question? Yeah, go okay. for it. Yeah, so, for it. Okay, so Jack, um, and I know Mike enough to know that this is a problem for all of us on this call today. Um, so what I typically do is what I recommend is start out with time blocking. And Jack's a super fan, so he knows what I'm talking about. So Mike, for me, time blocking is picking the three or four things that are super important that I have to get done every day in my sales life and time blocking those things. So my three big things are prospecting, in progress, follow-up, doing proposals. Okay, so my prospecting, I'm going to block out 30 to 60 minutes at 11 and 4. My in progress, I'm just going to block out an hour for that. And then my proposal writing, which will lead us to the next question here in a second, I block out time for that. So a lot of being organized is about blocking out time to get things done, 
And then, Jack, the other thing, in my opinion, is don't get behind on your email. Like, if it comes in today, you should reply to it today. Now, don't be um, uh, a slave to your inbox, but I try not to get behind on my email because that gets to be a little crazy. So that's my couple of organizational tips. Mike, what are your thoughts on on being more organized? Yeah, I think uh, it get your time blocking is spot on, but it also gets back to that discipline that you were talking about. Of, right. Okay, if you're in those time blocks, don't see a squirrel, don't go answer that email, uh, stay disciplined on what you're doing. But I mean, you are right. The, of like this year is completely different. Um, a lot of people now are splitting time between the office and home, right. and developing that routine can help with your organization. Uh, okay, make sure you're sitting in front of your desk at eight o'clock, not, you know, talking to your wife, drinking coffee until eight thirty, eight forty-five. but just having that discipline, yeah. uh, to make sure that you're doing the, the tasks that you had assigned yourself to do. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, Jack, it, earlier on in the podcast, we, you know, we're, we're spending a lot of time on time management organization. Um, so hopefully some of the stuff that occurred that you heard earlier in the podcast will, uh, will help as well. So, um, next question, Cindy from California um, and I'll try to summarize this a little bit. Uh, Mike, she says um, she does fantastically speaking with people about their planning. Um, she has great conversations. They ask for a proposal. And then she realizes that she's going to have to sit down and do these proposals. And they take a lot of time. And then all of a sudden she realizes, hey, three or four days have gone by. She still hasn't gotten to that proposal. Um, and she says in here, I know this is really, really, really awful. Any tips for getting, you know, getting those proposals done. If you don't mind, Mike, let me kick that one to you. What do you think of, um, of, of Cindy's question there and maybe some thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm raising my hand because I, I feel that pain as well sometimes. Like you get off this great call and, you know, you're like, okay, I've got this guy, I've got this guy, yep. and now I need to do the proposal. And you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple things that, that I try to do, and I, I, I think she referenced too about templates and yeah, having yeah, templates yep, done. Yep. yep, she did. And, and I'm a big fan of the template of, you know, making it as basic of a template as you can. And then all of the, uh, the miscellaneous stuff, all of the added value type stuff is being put on that very last page. So I don't try and weave it all the way throughout the template, if that makes sense. It's like, I've got my, my generic, I've got my template that I'm going to use for my sales proposal. And at the very end is I'm going to make it the consultative. Here's Mm -hmm. what I think you should do. Right, the recommendations. Um, and then, you know, yeah. The other thing too is, yeah, is I try, you know, those. I try to do all of my proposals, even if I have a, a, a great conversation. Let's say on a Tuesday, Wednesday at seven a.m. or eight a.m. That's the first thing that I'm going to do, because usually that's the time that you're not going to be doing a whole bunch of outbound calls first thing in the morning. Usually I've got my coffee and I'm, I'm pretty fresh, so I'll try and knock out those proposals first thing in the morning. Um, you know, while other people are, are, you know, sleeping or doing something like that. Right. Now, one of the things that I do is just recognize Cindy and everybody that you probably put way too much into your proposals than you actually need to put in there. Remember that Hyler Hillman, we just did some research on this with Hyler Hillman, only 16% of people actually read what it is that you're writing. (laughs) Um, So I would say, you know, 50% of the text you would put into a proposal, you can pull out, but here's what most people want. The price. They pretty much understand the options. They just really want the price. So, Cindy, you know, Mike, you know, I'm a big fan of three pricing options. So on one page, I'm going to simply list out at the top. Here are the three different pricing options. Here are the features that come. This is what I would recommend. And basically, then all you're worried about is kind of completing that one page. 
Now, what a lot of people do is they're like, oh, I'm going to buy this or this. Uh, I'm going to propose, rather, this or this. And then they want to give all kinds of detail about that. Most people don't need that, and they're not going to read it. Remember, a proposal is different than a right. deck, than a sales deck. So what I would do, Cindy, right. is landscape a page in Excel, list your pricing, your three pricing options along the top, your three levels of spend, whatever it is. Underneath, then you can change and then build it so that as you add in new things, the pricing at the bottom changes. So really, all you have to really focus on is that one page. The rest of it is pretty much pretty much done. And then, uh, Mike, I, th I agree right. with you, man. Setting time aside to do it, block it out in your calendar, and make it repeat every day um, can be pretty helpful as well. Right. So, cool. Good thoughts. And you should, I mean, and, and yeah, do it, do it in a time that uh, it's not going to be busy for you. Right, right. Whatever that is. Cindy, you might be awesome at 9 p.m. You might be awesome at 9 a.m. Like at 6.30 in the morning, people are like, Mike, people are like, Ryan, you need to join this, the 5.30 a.m. club. And I'm like, 5.30 a.m.? I haven't seen 5.30 a.m. on my clock in statistical history. I don't even know that it works at 5.30 a.m. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Good. All right, good thoughts, good thoughts. Okay, um, last question here, Mike. I'll, I'll kick this one over to you. Um, uh, Travis from the UK okay. is asking, I'm struggling to get colleagues. I'm struggling because um, colleagues are always interrupting me. It's a nonstop issue. The whole do you have a quick second is killing me. We work remote 50% of the time and in a bullpen the other 50% of the time. I truly feel like I get nothing done all day. Please help. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Of people like constantly interrupting you, got a quick second right. and you just never get anything done. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, got a minute, the got yep. a minute, hey, you got a minute, yep. and uh, the drive-bys. Um, yep. uh, so what, one thing, this is kind of a funny thing that I, I did uh, when I was in the office is uh, I had taken a, um, a sign from a golf tournament, one of those quiet please yep. uh, signs, yep. and I would put it up on my office. Like when I needed time to myself and, hey, don't, don't come in and bug me, I had something that everybody knew that, okay, he's, he's busy, he's working on something, don't come in. And mine... <laughs> Mine was just the the golf sign that said "Quiet, please." So nice. something like that that people know that hey, I'm not available right now. Uh, and then the other thing too is if somebody does come by and say, "Hey, you got a second? Hey, you know what? I'm busy. Uh, schedule if you want to schedule something. Let's schedule it. I'm free today at four o'clock or something like that, so that you know you you get yourself that time that you need." Yeah, makes sense. You know, Travis, um, it sounds to me like you're a smart cat. It sounds to me like you're a person that people want to get information from. Sounds to me like maybe you should ask to be in charge <laughs> or something like that. Now, I love Mike's idea. Now, remember, you can't leave the quiet sign up forever. But I know that I have people that put a little string across their cubicle that says, I'm prospecting, come back in 20 minutes. One of the things that I do is I take my phone, because our phones are massive these days. I turn on the timer. I set the timer to say 15 minutes when I'm working on something and it's counting down. People come behind you. Get yourself a really pair of really big, obnoxious headphones. They know you got your headphones on and you're working. They're going to see that timer counting down. If they tap you on the shoulder and scare you, show them the countdown clock and say, I can be back and answer that question for you in 14 minutes. I've got 14 minutes to finish this proposal or whatever it is. But I love the idea of the big headphones because then it's it's like they really have to interrupt you at that point and they, it'll make right. them feel a little bit badder about it. So get some of those big old Beats headphones, you know, put those on. But the other right. thing is the got a minute meetings or got a second. I think you want to schedule that, Mike. I would even say 
for somebody like you, yeah. Mike, in a leadership role, hey, at uh, 10 and 2, yep. I've got 30 minutes set aside for got a minute meetings. And that comes from Chet Holmes' book, um, The Ultimate Sales Machine, that got a second meetings. Like Mike said, schedule time for that in the afternoons or, you know, or in the mornings. The last thing I'd say, Travis, and then maybe Mike, you got another final thought is, um, you know, be polite to people and just say, hey, I'm, I'm really slammed and I appreciate you having trust and confidence in me that I can help you. I'm just really, really slammed. Could we talk after lunch if you don't mind? And I think you just have to break some right. of the, you know, break some of those habits. Uh, Mike, any final thoughts yeah. uh, for Jack or Cindy or Travis on anything we covered today? It's a lot about time yeah, management. Uh, one, one, the one last thing on the uh, on Travis, especially in the virtual environment of people that are either Skyping or Zooming or uh, some sort of messaging, um, it's okay to ignore those for a while, if that makes sense. That I think we're all kind of conditioned on text messaging or any type of messaging that you have to get back to that person immediately. Um, and it's okay to allot a certain time to, to do those Skype messages or to do that uh, those, those messaging, whatever system you guys might be on. So that, that I, I do think that in the virtual environment that it, it is a bigger distraction than what people think it is. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Travis and Cindy and Jack, I hope this entire podcast this month, we're focusing on time management and organization um, as we try to wrap up this year in a really solid way. 2020 has been a mess. It just has been a mess. And um, as I sit here recovering from COVID, so many people have been impacted in so many unique ways that um, maybe we'll just figure out how to reorganize, regroup, and uh, start 2021 on a really fresh, uh, fresh foot. Hey, Mike, thanks for being on every single podcast all year in 2020. Sure, appreciate you. Man, I love it, man. This is my favorite uh, time of the month. That's great. Well, hey, um, friends, in case you don't know, uh, Mike is, um, as I said, is with Open Look Business uh, Solutions. And uh, these guys do all of my uh, virtual assistants are all with Open Look. They do all of my data cleanup. They do e-newsletter building, social media updates, um, you know, you name it. And Mike, I know you love to strategize with people. Yes, absolutely. You know, one thing that we're seeing right now, Ryan, is a ton of uh, creative design work, a lot of ad design work. Oh, wow. That, uh, you know, people are, are trying to get out their end of year publications uh, or end of year product and they, they need help. So if, it, if there's a lot of overflow work, that's what we've seen a huge pickup on uh, within the last four to six weeks. Uh, that's awesome. So, friends, reach out to Mike, uh, Mike at open look.com. Is that correct? Mike at open look.com. That's it. That's it. And, um, and Mike loves to strategize. And yeah. so thanks, Mike, for being a part of the show. And I look forward to uh, some uh, fun times answering questions in uh, 2021. Absolutely. Ryan, hope you're feeling better and uh, looking forward to a great 2021. Thanks, my friend. I am feeling better. So appreciate it very, very much. All right, friends. So um, that brings 2020 to a close. Are we happy out there? Yes, we're happy. Are we happy <laughs> out there? So many of us are. Good grief. What a crazy year uh, it has been. All right, well, we'll see you on the other side uh, as we look into 2021. Now, friends, I've got virtual training online, so many classes online, and I'm also doing a lot of live virtual training. But hey, now that I've had COVID, uh, I'll be fully recovered here in a couple of weeks, and I'm ready to go, man. Get it back on the road and get traveling as we look towards 2021. Hey, you know, I've kind of laughed a little bit about COVID, and I just want to clarify something uh, real quick. COVID is not a joke, friends. 
And I'm not making a political statement. COVID is not a joke. It has really kicked good old Ryan Doran's tail. So take it seriously. Be safe out there. Get out and meet with your clients and things like that. Wear a mask and, you know, just be safe out there as you try to keep your family safe all throughout the holidays. I wish you all the best of prosperity in 2021. And I want to be there for you, whether we're training or coaching, emailing or just listening to the podcast. Friends, I want to be there for you. And on behalf of all the staff and crew, cast crew, everybody here over at Brainswell Media, thank you so, so much for your support throughout 2020. It's been rough. So your support has been so meaningful to myself and to my family. Remember, friends, if ad sales was easy, if sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So we're not crazy, friends. This is a great career. We found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. Get on out there, be safe, and we'll see you in 2021. Take care, friends. 